Chapter 23, of course, David is fleeing from, fleeing from uh, Saul. In the previous chapter, we did not have a chance to study this in the previous chapter, but King Saul is told that David had taken refuge in the city of priests, in the city of Nov, and that the high priest, Achimelech, had given David a sword, had given David food, and the claim that was made and presented to the king is not only that, but that the priest inquired of God for David. Now that accusation that he inquired of God for David does not to be, appear to be correct. There's certainly no evidence in chapter 21 that the priest inquired of David. There is a suggestion in the chapter perhaps why the informer, whose name is Doeg Adomi, might have thought so. The sword was behind the ephod, and the ephod, one of the functions of the ephod, when it refers to priestly garments in the book of Samuel, is it's a priestly garment through which you inquire of God. So the informer might have been misled by that. But in any event, he reports this to Saul, who summons the priest, Achimelech. He accuses the priest of giving David a sword and bread, and also inquiring of God. The priest admits that he gave David the sword and, and the bread. He did. He's, I did that. David is a worthy person of your court. David is a trusted servant of the king. But I never inquired of God for David. Because inquiring of God is what you do before you go to war. and could easily be understood that David is inquiring of God to go to war. And against whom might David go to war? David might go to war against Saul who after all is chasing after David. We would understand that. So Saul disregards what the priest says, and he kills the priest of Nov. His regular officers don't want to do that. They refuse to do it. Doeko Adomi is the one who kills the priest. One priest survives. His name is Eviatar, and David takes Eviatar in, and David joins with Eviatar. Eviatar becomes David's priest. We had spoken earlier about the fact that David, apart from seeking safe haven, is also trying to build up his, his position. One of the ways you build up your position is by having a priest. David has his priest. That's the end of chapter 22. Now we come to our chapter, chapter 23. David Lemar. David was told, The Philistines are plundering Ke'ila, the town of Ke'ila. They're plundering the threshing floors. David inquires of God. Here we have David inquiring. Shall I go and defeat these Philistines? Yes, says God, go. Go to the city of Keilah and defeat the Philistines. But David's men are concerned. Here we are in Judah, we're frightened. And now you want us to fight a war? 
We're already trying to protect ourselves from Saul. We're fearful of Saul. You want to engage in a, a war at the same time and weaken ourselves? Saul will come and get us. By Yosef, O David, David inquired of God again. David's concerned. By Yaneu Hashem, God responded. By Go, says God, and promises victory. I will give the Philistines over to you. You'll be victorious in war. So David goes with his men. They follow David. David is successful in the war. David uh, inflicts a severe defeat against the Philistines. David saves the inhabitants of Kila. That's the first few verses of chapter chapter 23. Now what's interesting, before we continue, is to reflect for a moment upon the fact that the job of the king, as described in this book, apart from doing justice, is to fight our wars. King Saul is not fighting our wars. The only war he fights, apparently, is against David. He's not fighting any wars. So when David inquires of God, shall I go and defeat these Philistines? And God says, go and save the city of Keilah, what David is doing in effect is acting as king. He's doing Saul's job and does it quite well. And this leads us to the next part of the chapter. The chapter says in verse number 6 of chapter 23, When Aviatar, the lone survivor of the massacre of Nov, came to David, he brought with him an ephod. An ephod is a priestly vestment, but one through which, in this book, you inquire of God. Saul was told David has gone to Kiwa. Saul says, God has delivered David to me. David has shut himself in by entering a town with gates and bars. In other words, he has no place to run. I can catch David now. He's in the city of Keilah, an enclosed place. I'll come, I'll surround the city, and I'll kill David. Precisely what David's men were afraid of. And Saul gathered the people to war, not against Philistines, against David. To besiege David and his men. But David knew. That Saul was considering contemplating evil against David. He said to Eviatar, Bring forth the ephod. It's actually very interesting. That in the beginning of the chapter, when David asked about fighting the Philistines, there's no mention of the priestly vestment, of the ephod. The ephod is only mentioned in the chapter, in the part of the story that deals with Saul himself. It's precisely what Saul was afraid of. He inquired of God. And Saul thought, he inquired of God against, against me. And here, in fact, the ephod is mentioned specifically in the context of David asking about Saul. David's question to God was the following, in verse 11. <coughs> David said to God, Hayaskiruni 
Hashem Elohei Yisrael, Hagen Aliyavdecha. So David says, really the question is two questions. Will the people of Kila hand me over to Saul? Will Saul come down as your servant has heard? O God of Israel, tell your servant. So there are two questions. It's interesting. The first is, will they hand me over? The second is, will Saul come down? Which is a strange way to ask the question. You would think the question should be reversed. Will Saul come? And if he does come, will they hand me over? But David's first question is, will they hand me over? And then the second question is, will Saul come down? And God's answer is very instructive. Ayomer Hashem Yered. God's answer is one word. He will come down, which in Hebrew is one word, Yered. David has a long-winded question. God has a very short answer, and he doesn't seem to answer both questions. God only answers the second question, but God doesn't answer the first question. Then David repeats the first question in verse number 12. David, Will the people of Kiwa hand me over to Saul and my people to Saul? Once again, a one-word answer. My understanding of what's going on over here is this. Usually, or often, the length of the question and the length of the answer are very similar. In this case, in the first instance, when David asked, shall I go and fight the Philistines, God's response and David's questions were more or less the same length. God has maybe one or two extra words. God gives David courage, incentive to go, support. But over here, David's questions are much longer than God's response. Actually, anything would be much longer. God's response in each case is one word. What is that about? So I have the following suggestion. My understanding is God's terse response is representative of God's displeasure with the question. This is a book which begins with someone who doesn't talk. Hannah, the words don't come out of Hannah's mouth. She's too upset, too angry. Chapter 3, the word of God was scarce. Prophecy was not widespread. Sometimes silence is a function of displeasure or even anger. What David is really asking, will the people of Keilah hand me over? What the question is, in my view, maybe it's time to put up a fight against Saul. Maybe I'll stand my ground in Keilah, and the people of Keilah, whom I have just saved, will side with me against Saul. Maybe it's time to fight Saul. Maybe, maybe I and Keilah together can defeat Saul and Saul's army. That's the first question. Will the people of Keilah support David or support Saul? That was David's first question. The second question is, in fact, will Saul come down? But God's answer was reversed. God said he will come. And he will come, the one word answer, is answering both questions, which he will come means get out. And David doesn't understand that. David says, but if he does come, will they turn me over? Yaskiru, they will turn you over. And the point over here, what the story represents for us, is a certain tension that David has, which we understand perfectly. I'm acting as king. Maybe it's time to become the king. De facto, I'm the king. I'm saving the people from the enemy. I'm fighting the Philistines. Saul does nothing. And God's answer essentially is, I will tell you when it's time for you to become the king. The king of the Torah is the one that God has chosen. God has chosen. 
I will determine the time and place, says God. It's not for you to determine. When I said he's going to come down, it's time for you to leave. The second question was superfluous, but since you asked it, I'll give you once again my one-word answer, which is Yaskiru. So David picks up and he goes. And when he leaves, it says he took with him 600 men. He came down with 400 men, but he leaves with 600 men. It means 200 people of Ke'ila are David's supporters. David was not wrong in thinking that he has a good deal of support amongst the people of Ke'ila. But he was wrong in thinking, of course, that he's allowed to fight Saul. But he's probably also wrong in thinking that he has the full support of Ke'ila. God informs David the truth. Yaskiru, they will hand you over. You're correct. You have some support, as evidenced by the 200 men who joined David's forces. But full support you certainly don't have, and in any event, God is in effect saying, I make those determinations when you will become the king.